0: North Organic CBD is a new sponsor of Holding Court. I love their CBD gummies. They come in two delicious flavors, strawberry lemonade and green apple. I've had them both, both amazing. One a day and you're totally okay. I like to stay active, I like to keep playing tennis. I like to get in the gym. That's why I love North Organic CBD. Their products are made in the USA. They're high quality. They're specially formulated, broad-spectrum, organic CBD products for everyday adventurers. Don't forget about the very popular CBD salve from North Organics, immediate relief of any physical pain. I use it daily for my sore shoulders, sore knees, hips, you name it. It works wonders. Go to northorganiccbd.com and enter PATRICK20, that's PATRICK20, for 20% off your order. All right, everyone, time for another edition of Hold in Court. Patrick McEnroe here, and I, I mean, I thought from the beginning that this story would have a few more twists and turns, but even I didn't think that it could go to the level that it's gone to now. And there's nobody better to talk to about the ins and outs of what's going on down under in Australia than my guest who's coming up. His name is Eddie McGuire. He's so well-known in Australia because he's been on uh, telly, as they call it there, on TV, in media, in sports journalism, as a broadcaster, host of the footy show for many years, which is basically the equivalent of our NFL pregame shows that we have here in the u.s but even more importantly than that he's now on the board of visit victoria now for those of you listening the u.s victoria is the state uh, where melbourne is located in australia of course where the australian open is played so he is dialed into this story from every angle possible politically personally and, of course, from the sports and journalism standpoint. And I thank you, Eddie, for coming on. I know you're sort of on your vacation down in Australia. Thank you for joining me, uh, because this story is just absolutely insane.
1: Patrick, it's changing by the minute, not just the hour or the day at the moment. And it's almost like uh, the, the coronavirus itself. It's got a life of its own. And the political machinations that's going on around this, have gone past even I believe the immigration situation, or even the want of the Australian Open tennis officials wanting to have the best possible situation. I mean, it's quite incredible, and every person I speak to has changed their mind uh, with every twist and turn that comes with it. And even even now, you throw in yeah, I'm not sure if you're aware of it, but now the Spanish are having a go, maybe to help Rafa get through to win the 21st. <laughs> yeah, the Grand I did. S- I well. did see that right about his about <laughs> a, uh, right. They're having a go and, and and even the Serbians are now saying, oh hang on, he might have broken some rules here as well. So uh, I think we all know one thing and that is that Novak Djokovic is focused, laser focused on one thing and that is winning the Australian Open for himself to become the, the greatest Grand Slam winner, to win his 10th Australian Open and I think all thoughts pr- from there have been about what he's going to do for his legacy and I don't think there is any other second thought either about uh, anything else other than he is a consistent and uh, and determined anti-vaxxer and I think that's where we have to start and finish on this situation so there's been plenty of twists and turns about what he hasn't done or which form he didn't fill in or all that sort of stuff. The bottom line is the rule to get into Australia is you must be vaxxed and he's not.
0: I mean, you know, look, I mean, that story, we know about that here, Eddie, in the United States with Aaron Rodgers, of course, uh, arguably at the moment, the greatest quarterback in in our football league and uh, and Kyrie Irving, who's obviously a star basketball player, a couple of the, the big time athletes here that yeah. are, are, I'm not going to say they're, I, I was corrected by a friend of mine who said that, you know, they're not necessarily anti-vax, they're anti-COVID vax, or in the, in the situation of Djokovic, and, you know, they could then twist it to another way, anti... Uh, mandating the COVID vax, but I got to ask you this because you know in our country in the United States we've got almost forty percent of the population that are not vaccinated that potentially could be. It's very different in Australia as you know, and explain to the audience please how that is factoring in as it's over well over ninety percent, particularly in Melbourne where you live and where the tournament is. Um, how that's factoring into this political situation that's going on because look, let's be honest. Novak Djokovic has basically become a political pawn in the internal politics of Australia, hasn't he?
1: It has indeed. And you can go back two years and pitch forward to uh, May this year because that's when the next federal election will be held. So Scott Morrison, the Australian prime minister, is uh, not necessarily worrying about uh, the draw for the Australian Open coming up in the later this afternoon or two weeks. <laughs> right, time it's supposed the to finals. happen. Like
0: it's supposed to in an hour or so as we're talking, because you know you. you and listen, <laughs> exactly. I had to get you on, Eddie, before even these announcements, because you got just so much information. So please go on.
1: Yeah. So what happened here in Australia was we were probably ahead of the pack, and then there was massive political uh, confrontation with the prime minister for not bringing in the vaccinations. Quickly enough, Uh, they didn't do deals with Pfizer worldwide and we were left behind. We went from being about six months ahead to being 12 months behind. So there's been a lot of political ramifications on that. Melbourne, Australia has been the most shut down place in the world as far as being locked down. So there's been tremendous sacrifice and there's been a great community spirit. Of course, there's been demonstrations, but largely it's a compliant uh, state. It's a compliant city, a big city of some you know, four million people but everybody doing the right thing. business have shut down. All those things that you've seen right around the world. So it's front of mind very much in Australia. And then the take-up has been up to 93%, 94% double vaxxed and people now lining up to get the booster shot. And the other situation that's on at the moment is we are in summer vacation, but now the kids have got to get back to school in the next couple of weeks. And again, Scott Morrison has been under pressure because they haven't been able to roll out those vaccinations Subsequently, the rapid test, he's again under more pressure because he hasn't planned ahead to move away from the PCR test to the rapid testing, mm. and there is a, a, an absolute dearth around the place of this happening. So he's under enormous pressure. At the same time, he is trying to, to use his vernacular, let it rip. He wants it to become a flu, if you like, and that he wants Australia to get back to a bit of normality. Our... As supply chains like around the world, but for the first time, it's really biting in Australia. You go down to the supermarket; there's not food on the shelves. I mean, this is how bad it is. Mm. Even KFC is running out of chicken. Oh, and then the the they, they, probably- yeah. <laughs> then
0: you know things are problematic if that happens.
1: <laughs> that's that's when the people start to get upset in Australia. Right. So so that's all happening, and at the same time, you know, the supply chain people start to say we need to bring foreign workers out. There's it's a huge industry in Australia foreign worker visas coming out here, which of course have have ground to a halt. So he is in this conundrum wrapped in a mystery at the moment. Does he play hardball and politically in Australia, you know, saying we decide who comes into our country, which he mimicked the line from former Prime Minister John Howard from a few years ago, is Aussie for we'll build the wall. And it it is a call to arms. Now in saying that He's also now put himself in a bit of a conundrum, as I said, because really what he wants to do is what Novak Djokovic could be the poster boy for. That is, bring people in who have either been faxed, now Djokovic isn't faxed, we know that, but if he is at the moment uh, uh, you know, coming up as a, as a negative, he's had it in the last six months or in the last month, if we believe what he's saying, then this is the sort of person and the sort of people that Australia wants to open up to. Mm -hmm. They're already talking today, this morning, in the last three hours, Patrick, they're talking here in Australia about letting close contacts get back to work. Mm -hmm. So they're loosening up this this chain. So it's going to be very hard for Scott Morrison, in one hand, to say, Novak Djokovic, out you go, because Mm -hmm. that might mean he won't be able to really outplay, outroll or roll out what he wants to do for the whole of the community. In the next few weeks, if he's kicking out this wait, place wait, wait, so, so
0: right, which is bringing in um, people from out of the country to basically fulfill certain jobs that you guys need for the economy, right?
1: Yeah. So you could argue that Novak Djokovic is doing that because he's going to actually be the the number one seed, and you know possibly we could have the tantalizing final of Novak Djokovic, the anti-vaxxer versus Rafael Nadal, <laughs> the vaxxer for a 21, uh, 21st Grand Slam. I mean, it's a them. promoter right. and a sports commentator. I mean, if, 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 if the Craig tiley at the Australian Open can pull that off and, and get Ashley Barty to win the women's for Australia, well, he, he'll be Time's Man of the Year. Um, so it, it is a changing situation every minute of every day on this. But ultimately, you know, we know that politically Scott Morrison, he does love... Uh, I mean, they're calling Scotty from marketing. He's a marketing guy from way back, mm-hmm. and they say that he's more um, slogan than substance. This could be his moment to get up, and this is why he jumped on. When Novak Djokovic sent out that Instagram saying, I have got an exemption, and sat in a plane for 24 hours flying from Dubai to Melbourne, and the Twitter sphere went berserk, Morrison jumped in because he saw this as a moment, a red herring moment to get away from not having the rapid vaccination tests ready to roll out and all these other domestic issues to come out and be the hard man, but it's backfired on him because now he's, uh, he's shooting himself in both feet at the moment. And I suppose the bottom line comes down to this, Patrick, at some stage the Cabinet of Australia and the Minister for Immigration and the Prime Minister will have a conversation and say, are we better copying at once by kicking this guy out mm. and showing that we are absolutely serious on our border protection, or do we say look, we're going to have to change the, the, the way we do things anyway over the next six weeks in the run to an election in three months. Why don't we make this guy the poster boy for a new look? Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, all the things that they are talking about about Novak Djokovic are probably a month out of date on the reality of where we find ourselves today.
0: Absolutely fascinating. I mean, you know, this side of it, Eddie, I had not never heard and never thought about. And that's why having you on this podcast is uh, just incredible. So thank you again for doing this. But I got to tell you this. I mean, it was Christmas, the night before Christmas Eve here in New York City, okay, where I live, or just outside New York City, where I now live in the Burbs, and my wife and I were saying, okay, we got to go, we're going to go to my brother's house, not the famous brother, the other brother, my brother Mark, John was going to meet us there with his family at their place in Connecticut, so he said, oh, we all got to do the right thing, let's all get tested, so on and so forth, we couldn't get any tests. OK, because I, I, the reason I'm bringing this up, because I know this is a part of the po- politics of Australia. I literally was done with my day at our tennis academy in New York City. I drove to Brooklyn, OK, which is a solid 45 minute drive, and then had to go the other direction back home to where I live in Westchester to get because my wife's brother, OK, had some extra sure. tests at home tests because we couldn't find them anywhere. We're in freaking United States of America, OK, in New York City. And I couldn't find any tests anywhere. I went to every CV. I drove around, Eddie, one night, like literally I went to every dip drugstore pharmacy within like f- 20 miles radius of my house, couldn't find it. So finally I drove. So guess what happens when I we all test, me and my wife and my three kids, guess who's COVID positive. Take a
1: guess. (laughs) Uh, Me. Me. Yeah, exactly. exactly.
0: And I'm like, wait a second. I already had COVID back in March 2020 in the beginning. And then I had, you know, I got the two shots. Then I got the booster. I was feeling shitty after I got the booster, which was like four or five days before, and the flu shot at the same time. I thought, well, that's why I don't feel well, because I got the booster. But It turned out I had COVID again. So anyway, my point of telling you that story is that we're all fed up with this I mean personally yeah. like, like like we've all had to deal with this and it's like I'm you know knock on wood I'm knocking on the my desk here this wood desk I'm not that worried for me personally that i'm I'm gonna get sick uh, from covid because I've had it twice and both times I've been fine but I'm of course worried about my family I'm worried about the larger community and yes the world like don't we all want to get back like I want to go to Australia again Eddie I want to travel yeah, around. Well, i, I want to co- yeah, you want to come back to the U.S. You want to come to the Super Bowl, don't you? I know you've done that for many years.
1: I was coming to the Super Bowl this year. I've had to cancel it because it's yeah. just too hard, and I don't want to get uh, stranded in the States. I've got work to do back in Australia, etc. And but, but, you know, even just to throw in another one, only in the last uh, hour or so, Patrick, you know, the Australian Open has now started to reduce uh, the attendance again. It was open season. We'd open, opened up our, our world again. Now we're closing it down. So Djokovic is there, you know have a situation where people have bought tickets who can't get into the Australian Open now, to so watch a guy who's not back, how does that play out? So I think the last 24 hours for Djokovic have been bad. Uh, I think that uh, he, in coming out and saying that he broke the rules in Serbia, which, you know, believe it or not, carry a three-year jail term in Serbia, don't think that'll be happening. No. We've had the Spanish now come out and have a go, and now you've got where he's, you know, filled it in the form incorrectly, and I didn't do this and I didn't do that. A my, lot of agent, making, my agent, my agent,
0: did it for me, but that didn't help Sharapova yeah. when she got the drug suspension.
1: No, well, you know, my dog ate my homework as well. Didn't right. work for me getting at it. You <laughs> know, and and uh, it just seems that everything that has gone wrong for Novak just happens to, you know, <laughs> aid the argument that he's having at any particular time with any particular person. The bottom line is. I can tell you this exclusively Patrick and uh, you have to take it from me that I've got this from the the highest positions in in this argument in this debate and the people who are making the calls on this situation Had Novak Djokovic on Sunday or Monday acquiesced to taking a vaccination in Australia mm. they would have they would have given him the tip that having covid if he did indeed, in fact but let's just go with the fact that he did Had he done that, they would have said, right, uh, December 16, you had COVID. We'll tick that off as one vaccination. You've Mm -hmm. got the second one. All clear. You can play. He hasn't done that. Wait a second.
0: Hold on a second. Hold on. Because this I've never heard before. So you wait a second.
1: No. So wait, wait, wait. I'm telling you exclusively. Okay. Um, So you're telling me exclusively. So So tell
0: me, tell me this. Let me get this clear now. So when Djokovic came into the country, when he got to Melbourne airport, they stopped him at the border. They made him go through all these questions and answers and so on. Are you telling me that during that time that he was at, whether at the airport or went to this hotel slash detention center, that the Australian government said, if you take the vaccine right now, you're in, no problem, no more questions asked. Is that, what you, is that what you're telling that
1: me? Had he taken the vaccine? I'll pull back on the Australian government because there's levels of government that okay. this is coming through from. Okay. But my understanding is from 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 very very informed sources at the highest level that, that I'm prepared to go with it on your podcast, Patrick McEnroe. That had Djokovic taken a vaccine on uh, on at, at any stage from landing in Australia to till you know, uh, uh, until Monday, because that would give him a week until the start of the Australian Open Tennis, that they would have taken that as vaccine number two and it would have been uh, uh, a tick and away you go. So I don't think that's happened. Um, You know, we don't know because we we can't hear anything, but clearly the fact we're having this conversation, it would have gone a long way to people being able to, not so much bend the rules, but to fashion it, if you Mm -hmm. like, to get him into play had he just got a vaccination. And uh, that's the thing that sticks in the crew of everybody. At the, at the end of the day, he has not done the one thing that everybody in Australia has, has basically 94% of the population of Melbourne, Victoria, have vaccinated, even if they were against it, even if they didn't want to do it, even if they were scared. They right. have done it for the good of the community. And now 50% of the population can't go to the Australian Open to watch a bloke play for his 21st Grand Slam to win $3 million. And all he needed to do was take a vaccination and and away we go. Now, in the locker room, you know this better than me, Pat, is that everybody or a lot of the players now are absolutely getting filthy on the fact that he's getting preferential treatment. Now Mm -hmm. you've got the the Czechoslovakian player who got in on the same sort of thing that uh, Novak did and then got kicked out of the country. She's now threatening to sue the Australian government and the Australian Open for what's going on. So. You know, they're opening up new fronts of attack everywhere at the moment on this situation. So it's going to be, it's an interesting one. There's, there's no win in this for anybody. I think they've got to calculate now the Australian government just what the, 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 the least path of, path of resistance is going to be. And I think it will come down to what's politically the most saleable uh, long term for the Australian government
0: absolutely unbelievable and I'll just leave you with this Eddie and will you please come back and talk to me once we hear from the immigration office what is go- what what is the decision but remember this too and right to your point that you just made now it's 97% of the male players have been vaccinated 97% and that was that was a lot lower a couple months ago and now it's at 97 well- And that's the reality of the situation, as you noted, about Djokovic and about the Australian public as well, what that means to them.
1: Well, Patrick, uh, the other one that you might not have seen in America, just to finish on, which just, I think, wraps it up in a bow, just showing the political machinations that is going on. You might have seen in recent times that President Macron of France came out and said that he was going to, quote, piss off all the anti-vaxxers. He was going to go hard. Well, as soon as this blew up in Australia, the Minister for Sport in France said, We welcome Novak Djokovic. He can come to the French Open because it was a punch in the face to the Australian Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, who you might have seen uh, cancelled recently a $70 million submarine order with the (laughs) French. Oh, yeah, that was big news here in the US. Believe me, we saw that. Yeah, Yeah. To sign up. And and in between all this, he's just announced a a $4 billion tank uh, buy from the United States. (laughs) So there's all these things going on left, right and centre. And Djokovic is, to me, One, uh, one of the great red herrings for issues that are happening domestically and probably with foreign policy. But two, it is just building into something fascinating. But, you know, for me, I suppose Scott Morrison and and maybe the Minister for Immigration will sit there. Every time that uh, Novak Djokovic hits a winner, if he stays in Australia, a lot of people, and particularly the leaders of the opposition, will be saying that he's actually not hitting a, a tennis ball. He's hitting the Prime Minister of Australia square in the face, <laughs> and the Australian people. That will be the way it'll be pushed from certain areas of society. That this is an, an insult, you know. And every time, you know, will the crowd boo? Will they stay silent? Will they support him? You know, will there be protests in the street? This is going nowhere. So I think the government's got to look at it and say, you know, this is not a decision for the government for today. This is a, a decision that is going to go every time he walks out in the court for the next two weeks, and then of course. The fallout beyond there. So it's a big call, Patrick. That's why it's taken so long.
0: Eddie McGuire, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I mean, absolutely unbelievable insight. Thank you so much. And I hope that we chat again very, very soon, my friend.
1: No worries, Patrick. I tell you what, I'd like to be the number three seed in the draw at the moment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you got that right. Eddie <laughs> McGuire, everyone, on holding court. Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe is powered by Mudhouse Media.